from Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Doug from Chief Outsiders. Doug, it's really nice to have you on. Hey, thanks, Brad. I'm happy to be here today. Absolutely. Me too. To kick us off, tell me a bit about yourself. So who you are, as well as your company, and what Chief Outsiders is. All right. My name is Doug Reifschneider. I'm with Chief Outsiders. Chief Outsiders is the largest fractional chief marketing officer firm in the country. We've got about 120 chief marketing officers and now chief sales officers. We added that offering um, earlier in 2023. As far as who I am, my background in the corporate world was very much in the restaurant and hospitality business. I like to describe my history by saying that in the 90s, and I am old, I'm not going to espouse how old I am, but you'd hint that I'm doing some work in the 90s. I learned a lot about what we at Chief Outsiders called little m marketing. So think lowercase m for marketing. And that's where I learned about how to do what we consider tactics. So whether it was advertising, do you use TV, radio, newspaper, print, direct mail, whatever. Did you maybe, it's a little early for websites, but websites were I remember some websites started in the late 90s, but if you're in a sales organization, got to have a brochure for the next conference. All those things that, you, that most people think about are advertising and marketing. That's what we call little M marketing. And I honed that pretty tightly with uh, companies like Hardee's and Wendy's in the 90s. And then in the 2000s, I took on a greater role and started looking at big M marketing. So capital M, uppercase M for marketing, which is about brand positioning and marketing strategy. And it's very important to understand who your customer is and know which need you feel to be a successful marketer. So I finally got to, I had sense of that, obviously, in the 90s. Every marketer does. Everybody has and everybody wants to get into that strategy piece. But typically, when you're younger, you're forced to do all the tactical stuff. And then as you get along further in your career, you get a chance to do the more strategic stuff. And so when I went to Firehouse Subs and Pita Pit, so where I spent a fair amount of time uh, the last 15 years or 20 years or so, Help grow firehouse subs from uh, 230 some locations to over a thousand. And in both cases for Pita Pit USA and for firehouse subs, I helped refine the marketing strategy for both brands. And it's a combination of learning about your customer, understanding the competition, understanding your space, the offerings, et cetera, like that. But that's the, I'll call it the Reader's Digest version of Doug from Little M Marketing to Big M Marketing in the last 25, 30 years. Awesome. I love that. So, Let's get into some theme-based discussions. So I think one of the big things that's uh, being talked about today is AI's role in marketing. And some people are scared. Some people are excited. There's everything in between. What's your view on it? What do you think AI is going to, what's the impact on marketing going to be? And what are things that other uh, marketers, business people out there should be thinking about? Yeah, it's certainly disruptive. Technically, it's a year old this month because um, ChatGPT 3.5, I think, was released about a year ago now or a year ago, a couple of weeks ago. Um, and obviously, we've seen a lot of changes. ChatGPT has increased. They, they've gone from a 3.5 to a 4. To, they released a bunch of different features lately. There's Claude. Uh, there's Bard. I mean, I can't name them all because I've been focusing on just a couple, and that might be a hint towards the one I may share later on hints or, or words of wisdom, but AI is going to be disruptive. There's no doubt about that. There have been the sky is falling people out there like Chicken Little, the sky is falling, the sky is falling, marketing, SEO, everything's going to be run by AI and there's going to be no jobs left and everything's going to be done by computers. To the role of people that aren't sure it's going to take, don't quite understand it and don't want to adapt it. And 
I would say to those people, I need to reconsider because the reality will be somewhere in between. AI is not going to ruin the world. We're not going to get Skynet. I mean, Terminator was one of my favorite movies back in the day. And even if you get the reruns later, it's still a pretty intense movie for a $6 million production. And the fact that a bunch of computers could band together and make that sort of thing happen is very apocalyptic. That's not likely to happen with the AI, at least as we know it today. It's going to be more helpful. And just think about when the PC or the computer came along. There was a time, and I'm old enough to remember this, before PCs, like, hey, when you get a PC, you're going to be able to do more work and there's going to be less people. So the administrative assistance may have gone away and our jobs are supposed to get easier. We just actually got more intense in, say, spreadsheets or Word or whatever else the case may be. So in that particular case, we can use that analogy moving forward. Computers and laptops and personal computers allowed people to do more with number crunching or word writing, content creating, whatever else like that. So maybe some positions were probably laid off. And so there were people that did jobs that they previously may have paid somebody to do. And AI, I think, is going to be the same way. There, there's a philosophy out there that how it's going to impact marketing, a lot on the content creation side, somewhat on the SEO side, somewhat on some other story building sides, could even get into strategy, et cetera. But the bottom line, in my opinion, is that AI, it's not, it's, the, the quote is this, AI is not going to replace your job, but somebody that knows how to use AI may replace your job, your position. And the multiplier AI provides somebody that's good at it could be, is one person going to do what two people used to do? Three people, I've even seen as high as maybe 10 people. But if those 10 people all figured out how to use AI and parlay that to their best experience and learn how to use it and do the prompts and everything else, they will be the ones that succeed. So marketing, we've got to adapt AI. It's hitting other areas too, but we've got to use it. And it's going to be biggest probably in content creation, but it is going to have an impact on SEO. It's going to have an impact on other parts of the business. I think the key is to embrace it and be aware of its faults. It's not a matter, and here's where it's dangerous. If you do the wrong prompts and get into an area you don't know, and you start using one of the large language models like ChatGPT or Claude, it can give you answers, they can hallucinate. And if you don't know enough about the subject matter to be able to edit it and check it, in fact, check it, and a few other things, you could be in trouble. You could start espousing false information. So it's very important not only to knowing how to use AI to help your career and help your position and help your job at whatever company you're working for. It's also going to be important that you are knowledgeable of what you're using AI for so that it doesn't lead you down a bad path and get you in trouble. Absolutely. I totally agree. So let's, uh, let's jump out a bit broader now. So, so what advice do you have out there for other marketing leaders? It could be with AI or it could be just more broadly right now today. So that's, it's a great question because one of the tenants at Chief Outsiders, and again, largest fractional chief marketing officer firm in the country, we believe there's no such thing as a full stack CMO. Okay. So what that means is we don't believe anybody can know all about all marketing aspects for every industry and every executional tactic. Take digital marketing, for instance. I chose when I realized that even at my level, some level of expertise was going to be expected by employers on how to do, whether it be Google Analytics or know how to do pay-per-click campaigns and things like that. It's uh, somewhat expected that CMOs know that stuff pretty well. But to understand all that, plus to get into strategy, plus to just work out the 
the multi facets of omni channel marketing and, and the digital world, it's almost impossible for one person to know it all. All right. So my advice to somebody in marketing leaders is you need to stay current with marketing in general, stay current with your industry, and you need to stay as current as you can with say digital advertising and marketing, but you need to pick a lane because it's virtually impossible to know everything. Like you can be great at programmatic advertising and pay-per-click, but may not know a thing about SEO and you may venture into SEO, understand their tenants, but you're not going to stand up to a person who knows SEO as well as programmatic. And it's just, it seems to me, this is why Chief Outsiders is a great option for some firms because sometimes we do what we call tandem duels, duos. So two Chief Outsiders CMOs work with the same client because one of us might be great at the, the right brain stuff and I get the right and left brain mixed up. So put it this way, at the data, the analytics and whatnot, that's, I guess, the left brain. And then somebody's better at the creative part to in inject some creative juices into a strategic process and do that. And so we end up providing the client with the best of both worlds because we've got a, a strategic, somebody's very strong on the strategic and creative side, and somebody's also strong on the strategic and data analysts and KPI side. I love it. That's awesome. So what is one thing you wish you had known like early on in your career that you know now? <laughs> I wish I had access to ChatGPT 20 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Because that, that would have been that would have been like having the 25th hour in a day, the, the cheating, having a true benefit over everybody else. What what I wish I would have known, I knew this and it goes back to strategy. So at Chief Outsiders, we follow a concept called the growth gears. The growth gears includes growth one, which is about insights. And insights about your customer, your company, and your competition. From that, when you learn about your customer, who your core segments are, who your ideal client profile is, all that sort of stuff, you start informing strategy. So then which products or services should we offer? How should we price them? Which market should we enter? Things like that. Once you've got the strategy figured out, that's when you go to the tactics and start going. And that's the third growth gear. So insight, strategy, tactics. You start looking at with your advertising, you're going to exhibiting at conferences, you what, what you need for a website, what you need landing pages, digital marketing, all that stuff. All right. Oh, that's great. I wish I would have known then more about strategy to the point I thought I was strategic, but in the years that I became strategic in the last 15 years and what I've learned at Chief Outsiders, I was not nearly as strategic as I thought I was. And I wish I would have thought and pushed myself more that way on the educational side. Absolutely. Strategy is very important and that's great advice. So if you could go back in time and say to your younger self one thing, what would that be? And it's related to the last question, but just to hit, on, hit home on this. Oddly enough, I came up with an easy answer to that. Go East, young man. And when I say that, I grew up in Nebraska. My first job was Wyoming. My wife and I got married, lived in Oklahoma. So everything west of the Mississippi. Okay. And I was opposed to the population density on the East Coast and what everything to do with New York City. I wasn't necessarily my anti-city. I just, I felt comfortable in the great open spaces, if you will. But there's less opportunity in the West. Had mm -hmm. I made a conscious commitment, because I think even one point in my resume, I said not willing to relocate East of the Mississippi. I think I actually put that on my resume once. I should have come East and whether it was Atlanta or Charlotte or Boston or New York or wherever, Miami, Orlando, didn't end up in Jacksonville, but my younger self, I wish I would have pushed myself to the East because there was a lot more opportunity in company size, markets and all that sort of thing. 
And I think there would have been a better chance to contribute more than even what I was able to accomplish in my time. Great advice. Step out of your comfort zone. and That would be the best advice. Because some people might be, they need to go west. Let's go to California. Or maybe I just should have gone further west. But I just, I netted it down to let's go east. But get out of your yep. comfort zone and figure out what's going to be best for you and your career in the future. For sure. So any remaining words of wisdom as we wrap up the episode? I like to put it into a, I guess it's a, it's not a not, what's the term I want to use? To thine own self be true. All right. So as we go through our careers as marketers, we're typically helping companies market their business. And ideally, if you go back to what the core of what marketing is, it's called the donut principle. You need to find a hole and fill it. So when you're offering your service, your product fulfills a need and you know how that need solves the problem for your customer base, for your ideal customer profile, for your customer segments, that's when you're going to be on solid ground. And the same goes for if, as a person, we all need to build our personal brands, right? We need to understand who we can help and who we can help solve problems with. And in the particular case of We Achieve Outsiders, our particular problem we like to solve is growth problems. If a company's challenged with growing, we do the growth gears, that insight strategy execution growth gear process, help companies build a growth engine that should be sustainable for more than one or two years. Uh, depending on business cycles, it could be four or five years. It could be five, 15. just depends on competition, industry, et cetera. But it's very important to stay to, to thine own self be true on the brand side. Keep the brand honest. Don't branch out into offerings and do things the brand shouldn't do. And then the same goes for our personal brands. I was a restaurant and hospitality marketer. Chiefs outside, Outsiders has allowed me to get into some B2B things, but I am never going to be a SaaS marketer. I'm never going to be a manufacturing or industrial rep marketer, probably. But hospitality, multi-brick and mortar, lots of business, business to business that goes to companies that may support those industries. Those are the things that I need to do and need to understand and do well and be true to myself and not try to do what we call a stretch Armstrong and go try to do marketing for somebody that I may not have the expertise for, even with my uh, knowledge and things I've learned over the years. Absolutely. Doug, it's been a pleasure to have you on. Thanks so much for joining and sharing all your wisdom today. Sure. Thanks, Brad. Thank you very much for inviting me to join you today. Absolutely.